You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and we're going to be talking about the idea of looking forward instead of staring downward. But before we do, I want to share just a couple quick things with you. First of all, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop by our website, it's desirejesus.com, and right now we have the 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 7, available for free download right from the website. So stop by desirejesus.com and be sure to download your copy of Desire Jesus Volume 7. Volume 8 is also ready to go. It's not available yet on the website, but very soon we'll have that available as well, and I'll certainly make an announcement of that here on the podcast. One other thing I want to let you know about is our sister podcast, the Chapter a Day Audio Bible. If you've never had the opportunity to listen to it, it's a reading each day of one chapter of Scripture, followed by a brief moment of prayer. Right now, presently, we're in the book of Song of Solomon, so I've been working my way through the Old Testament, one book at a time, with the goal of of recording the entire Bible and making it available. And uh, I hope that that's something that you take the opportunity to listen to. Some people tell me that it's really useful for their drive to work. So the Chapter a Day Audio Bible is very easy to find. Just search for it through whatever uh, system you use to download podcasts. If you use Apple Podcasts or if you use Stitcher or whatever one you use, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. But that's available, so I just want to let you know about that as well. Now, I mentioned just a few moments ago that today we're looking at the idea of looking forward instead of staring downward. And like most people, I can find myself to be uh, easily entertained by somewhat dumb things. And one of the dumb things that I was recently entertained by, I shouldn't have been truly entertained by it, but it is somewhat comical to see. Uh, But somebody had posted a video of somebody walking along a sidewalk, and in their hand they happen to have a smartphone. And as they're looking at their smartphone, they're obviously not paying attention to everything that's going on around them. And as a result, they fell into an open area on the sidewalk. Now, I don't know if they got hurt. I hope they didn't get hurt. But for whatever reason, it's somewhat comical to watch people kind of become distracted and uh, lose perspective on what's going on around them. And in that particular case, it was somewhat comical to watch somebody actually fall because of it. But I think that in regard to our lives, in regard to our spiritual walk, it's important for us to be looking forward instead of staring downward. When we look at what the Scripture tells us, it reminds us that we have so many promises and so many blessings in Christ Jesus that He has granted us by His grace that should keep our minds, that should keep our hearts looking forward instead of constantly staring downward in despair or discouragement or with an overly unhealthy focus on our day-to-day struggles. Now, the portion of Scripture we're looking at today that speaks of this is from 1 Peter chapter 1, and as I mentioned a few moments ago, I'm going to be reading starting with verse 1 down to verse 9, and this is what it says. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, 
Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege that you've given to us to be able to look at it together today. And Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we pray that you would remind us to keep our eyes focused on you, that we would be looking forward to all the things that you have in store for us, even in the midst of the trials and difficulties that we may be going through here on this earth. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence with us today, and we commit this time of study to your care and pray for your insight as we look at your word. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the biggest mistakes we can make during the course of our earthly lives is to allow ourselves to become convinced that our lives are meant to be free from adversity or free from trials. When we mistakenly allow ourselves to believe that, we can become bitter and even a bit disillusioned. I think that perspective also influences us to forget about the joy that we're invited to enjoy in Christ regardless of our circumstances. It also has the effect of making us critical, unhappy, and generally unpleasant to be around. Years ago, I attempted to befriend a man who had experienced some major trials in his life, and they they definitely were major concerns. These weren't little things. They were big things. Uh, We would grab lunch maybe once a month or so, and inevitably we would chat while we were eating. But unfortunately, it became clear to me that the only thing he ever seemed to think about or talk about was an unexpected trial he had endured. And sadly, he was, he was unwilling to move beyond it. He was mad at God. He was mad at people. And he couldn't see any potential benefit that could ever possibly come from his trial. What about us? What's the dominant perspective that governs our lives? Do we trust in Christ and believe that he is ultimately in control? In the midst of our adversity, are we able to look forward or are our eyes stuck looking downward? And what counsel does God's word give us as we seek to navigate these things? 
Well, one of the things that I think we can see in the Scripture that we're looking at today from 1 Peter chapter 1 is this. You won't be disappointed. Look again at verse 3 down to verse 5. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter was an interesting man. When you look through the scriptures, we quickly learn that he was an outspoken leader that the Lord refined and made quite useful in the early days of the church being established. During the era in which he served, the Christian faith was spreading, but in many respects, Christians were experiencing regular seasons of persecution at the hands of governments and at the hands of others because of their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. So under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, Peter addresses this letter to that group of believers. And it's nice to receive some good news, particularly when things don't seem to be going so well. Peter brought these believers a timely word of encouragement. After reminding them that they had been brought into the family of God and were being made holy by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of obeying Jesus Christ, he also pointed out future blessings that all believers can look forward to. With regularity, I try to picture in my mind some of the blessings that the Lord has in store for us. And I wonder what it's going to be like to live in a context where we can see Him and where we can hear Him and never again experience the grief or pain we've become accustomed to. There's quite a few aspects about that experience that are still mysterious to us, but I'm confident we won't be disappointed with it. As we look forward, and as we think about that season that is to come, there are three words Peter uses here that stand out to me right away. And those words are hope, inheritance, and guarded. So what's significant about these words? What's Peter trying to convey as the Holy Spirit guides his pen to write these things down? Well, Peter reminds us here that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we were born again to a living hope. When Jesus rose from the grave, he did so to defeat the very things that were keeping us from experiencing resurrection to new life as well. Those things were sin, Satan, and death, and they were all defeated the day that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And now, through Jesus, we are blessed with a living hope, or it could be said, a hope that never dies, a confident assurance that Christ will raise us up too. Likewise, in Jesus, we have been guaranteed an inheritance in heaven. This is the kind of language that gets used in the context of family life. As his family, Christ has assured us that we have a place in his kingdom. We have future blessings in his eternal kingdom that cannot be ruined. That is such a foreign thought to our minds because we're accustomed to cars and technology and clothing and even our own bodies wearing out. But the inheritance that Christ keeps for us in his kingdom isn't like the things we've learned to treasure here on this earth. 
And in between today and the day when we're going to experience that inheritance, this scripture tells us we're being guarded and protected by the power of God. His hand is on us. He isn't going to lose us. Our trials may be painful, but they don't have the capacity to separate us from him. We won't be disappointed with how he's going to work all of these details out, nor will we be disappointed with what he's got in store. Now, there's something else that Peter brings up in this portion of Scripture that I think is worth noticing, and that's this. In verses 6 to 7, it it basically encourages us not to be people who fear our faith being tested. Don't fear your faith being tested. Look again at verses 6 and 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The process of growing up can be a painful process, and for most of us it is. As you're tested, and as you experience certain difficulties for the first time, it can be difficult to cope with them. It's also sometimes difficult to see beyond them. It's easy to feel like they may never end. I can still remember some of the trials I experienced during the early years of my adult life and the fear I had that once those trials passed, there might be new trials right on the heels of the old ones. I was afraid of my faith being tested because I didn't know how much more I could withstand emotionally without crumbling. Thankfully, the joy we have in Jesus is not dependent on circumstances. As Peter was speaking to these believers, he reminded them that even though for a little while they were experiencing pain, they could still rejoice in Christ. And even still, the Lord would bring great things out of the trials they were experiencing so that even their most painful experiences in life could become occasions through which they could praise God. I appreciate the perspective we're invited to adopt in this passage, to begin looking at the trials of life as things that only last for a little while. A wise friend of mine used to remind me that the unpleasant things we experience in life are only for a season, then they're done. I appreciated those reminders, and I appreciate this reminder in this portion of Scripture. But while we wait for our trials to pass, we can be confident that the Lord is using them to have a greater effect on our lives and our faith. The adversity we experience in life tests our faith and makes it stronger. Our seasons of difficulty help prove and demonstrate whether our faith in Christ is genuine or not. There is value in our faith being tested. Ten years ago, I bought a used car with a good reputation for reliability, and I've driven it almost every day since, and it hasn't required a single repair yet. It's been tested, and I believe the reliability reports I read about it. Likewise, our faith is shown to be genuine when it's tested. 
I don't know if you're familiar with the name Polycarp, but Polycarp lived a long time ago. It's believed he was born right around the year 70, and he was Bishop of Smyrna. He was a godly man. He was someone who had known the Apostle John personally. And at the end of his life, he was urged by the Roman proconsul to renounce Christ. And Polycarp said this, Eighty and six years have I served him, and he never did me any injury. How then can I blaspheme my king and my savior? He was burned at the stake and gave joyful testimony of his faith in Christ, even in the midst of that experience. I don't know what kind of trials you're going to go through in this life, and I don't know what kind of trials you've already been through, but I'll say this. Don't fear your faith being tested. Fear it being weak and ineffective. A tested faith is a genuine faith. A tested faith is a strong faith. A tested faith is a joyful faith that brings honor and glory to Jesus. Something else that's brought out in 1 Peter 1 that I want to point out is found in verses 8 and 9, where it also reminds us that your eyes will see the one your heart believes. Look at verses 8 and 9 again. It says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. My wife and I started dating when we were still teenagers, and we dated for several years in college. And during that time, we introduced ourselves to each other's families and friends and churches and other social circles. As I was finishing college, I started to get various job offers. And something that amazed me about two of those offers in particular was that they were offered by people who barely knew me at all and probably couldn't have picked me out of a police lineup if they tried. They didn't know me well, and they had barely ever seen me. Now, they knew my soon-to-be wife, however, and as best as I could figure, they offered me those jobs because they thought so much of her that they must have assumed her willingness to marry me was a sufficient job interview, and, and I would probably say that that has some accuracy to it. But for several years, Peter saw Jesus with his own eyes, and during that time, he came to trust him and love him. We haven't seen Jesus with our own eyes yet but we also love him. We also have learned to believe in him instead of going through this life with stubborn reliance on our sight. He has granted us the gift of faith, and now we trust him for the things we have not yet seen, just as we can trust him in areas where he has allowed us to visibly see the effects of his work. I like the familiar passage we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3, where it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And what does the scripture we're looking at today from 1 Peter 1 remind us is the outcome of our faith? What is the end result of living a life that's marked by trusting in Jesus? 
What are we blessed with the privilege to look forward to beyond our trials and beyond our seasons of adversity? Well, this scripture reminds us that the day will come when we will obtain the outcome of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. I don't know what you're going through during the course of this season of your life, but I hope something from this opening chapter of Peter's letter finds a way to stick in your mind and your heart, because it's far too easy for us to spend our days looking downward. But the Lord reminds us of a different direction to be looking. He invites us to be looking forward. He encourages us to be looking toward Him. He has promised to be with us presently, and He secures a glorious future for us in His presence that will be far better than we can imagine and more beautiful than anything we've been blessed to see with our eyes up to this point. You will have trials in this life. That's essentially a guarantee. You might as well accept that reality. The question is, what are you going to be doing with those experiences? Will you waste those faith-stretching moments, or will you embrace them as opportunities to become fully convinced that Jesus really is sufficient? What will it take for our hearts to become convinced that He is all we truly need? Our pilgrimage on this earth is too short to spend it staring at the ground all the time in discouragement and defeat. In Christ, we've been blessed with so much more to be looking forward to. Let's embrace His presence and His blessings as our hearts learn to dwell on the kind of future we've already been promised He has secured for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your love, and we thank You for Your presence with us We also thank you, Lord, that in the midst of all the trials that we experience on this earth, we know that you have greater things in store. Lord, we are invited by looking at your word to be people who look forward and not people who continually look downward, people who seem stuck in discouragement and despair because we've forgotten about the promises you have explained to us time and time again in your word. Lord, we want to be people who understand who you are and how you operate in the lives of your children. And Lord, as we gain that understanding by looking at your word and listening to the counsel of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd encourage our hearts, help us to look forward to the things that you have in store, and help us to be reminded of your presence with us each and every day. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence with us today, and we commit this day to your care and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the informal Bible study. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, be sure to stop by our website, desirejesus.com. You'll find all sorts of resources there. We have our bookstore there, and we also have a free resource that we're giving away right now, the 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 7. So just stop by desirejesus.com and be sure to download a copy today. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful week. We look forward to getting together with you again right here next Monday. Take care.
Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.